0: This teaching comes to you from the team at St Mark's Darling Point Sydney. We hope that it blesses you.
1: This first reading is from John uh, from Matthew chapter 5 verse 21 through to 26. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift to the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and, and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you've paid the last penny. This is the word of the Lord. Pam's going to give us our second reading. The
0: second reading comes from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 to 33. It's about the call for wisdom. Wisdom cries out in the street, in the square. She raises her voice. At the busiest corner, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Give heed to my reproof. I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused, have stretched out my hand and no one heeded, and because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when panic strikes you when panic strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind when distress and anguish come to you. Then they will call me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord and would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof, Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and be sated with their own devices. For waywardness kills the simple, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But those who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your holy word. May it be a lantern to our feet, a light to our paths, and strength to our lives. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Imagine the marketplace of a Middle Eastern town humming with business and trade, with stallholders hawking their wares, and the rich and smoky aroma of cooking meat in the air. It's almost the middle of the day. There are old men discussing the news of the day, and the news of past days, as old men do, and the sound of children complaining while their mothers hunt for a bargain. Into the hubbub of this busy square steps an old woman dressed in a long white robe. Now, she's not new in town. She's a familiar face, regular visits to the marketplace so nobody much seems to notice as she makes her way through the crowd. She's a wise woman. She's not a young woman, nor is she particularly glamorous or wealthy. She conveys dignity and authority. She's more like, I imagine, Professor Minerva McGonagall from Harry Potter, played by Dame Maggie Smith, although obviously she's not a witch. Take the witch part out. Or an auntie, in the sense that indigenous and Chinese people use that word. Her Hebrew name is Hochmar or Wisdom. Auntie Wisdom goes to her usual spot in the square, the front porch of the town hall. And she starts. She starts to speak. She's not got a quiet voice now. She cries out because her message is an urgent and desperate one. And... A small crowd gathers around her. But while she's speaking, most people in the square just carry on with their business. What's she got to say? We'll have a look at verse 22 of our reading from Proverbs. How long, she says, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Maybe one of the crowd nudges his neighbour and says, did she just call us fools? And his neighbour nods back, for that's exactly what's just happened. Auntie Wisdom doesn't mess around. She puts the boot squarely in. It's one thing to be a fool. It's quite another to love being a fool, to rejoice in your idiocy. Why would anyone do that? It's a double stupidity. And it's not a question of IQ either. It's a matter of ego. To think you already know everything and that you are always right and that there's nothing left to learn is a peculiar form of stupidity. It's a willful, culpable, moral blindness. A moral form of being an idiot. So how long will you, inform, will you ignore wisdom? Auntie Chokhmar. Sounds like one of the prophets speaking the very words of the Lord to Israel. How long will you persist in this rebellious stupidity? The prophets used to say, and now she says too. It's not too late to change. And if you do, if you give heed to my reproof, if you repent, if you turn around and listen, then she's got a promise. Well, That's verse 23. She says, I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make my words known to you. Turn to Auntie Wisdom, and she's got a lot for you. She's got a lot to reveal to you. She's got profound truth to give, to share with you, truth that you can't find by inspecting your own belly button or by looking at the trees or the sunsets or by studying for a PhD or by travelling around the world. You'll get it if you turn to her and become her disciple. Perhaps the small audience is leaning in now. She's got their attention, but they realize as she speaks that she's not just talking to them, but to the whole town who are still occupied with their busyness and their work and their conversation and the shopping and not paying any attention to her at all. In fact, many of them have their backs turned on Lady Wisdom. But if they heard what she was saying, they would be shocked, stunned, and offended. Look at verse 24, 25. For like a prophet, she spells out the terrible consequences of ignoring the truth. Repent, she says. Listen to wisdom. Repent from your foolishness. Or, or what, she says. Because I have called you and you refused, you ignored all my counsel. I will laugh. At your calamity, I will mock when panic strikes you. The mockers will be mocked. The scoffers will be scoffed. The laughers will be laughed to scorn. Auntie Wisdom has been pleading for a hearing, but people won't listen. They've scoffed at the very idea of heeding her. They've written her off, overlooked her. They've treated her like a silly old woman, irrelevant and out of touch. But what will happen? They've arrogantly turned their back on her, complacently not given her a second look. So now she will laugh in turn, for they will not be ready for disaster when it strikes. They will not be shielded from bad luck. And Wisdom will have the last laugh. Now that laugh's an uncomfortable moment, isn't it? Auntie Wisdom says, mock me. Disregard me and see what happens. Try it on. I will have the last laugh. Her laugh is very much like God's laugh in Psalm 2, when he laughs at the pretensions of human beings who are so proud, who think they're so big, who think they control everything, who think that they can command things and they will happen, and who profoundly, proudly defy him. Their scorn is turned back on them. Godless human pride, you say, you see, is ridiculous. And we shouldn't feel sorry for those at whom wisdom is laughing. For human pride is not just ridiculous, it's dangerous at the deepest level. It's culpable and it's dangerous. To refuse divine wisdom is the essence of evil. To think we can determine right and wrong for ourselves, to think we can make our meaning for ourselves, to think we can control God's world without him, is the essence of rebellion and sin. And you can see this in experience. You and I eat the bitter fruit of human arrogance every day. We mistreat one another, we fail at our relationships, we hurt people, and even in managing ourselves, we fail. We wreak havoc on the precious gift of the created world that God has made and given us, making what is beautiful ugly in our arrogance and pride. And there's yet another prophecy of judgment that Auntie Wisdom makes. She hasn't finished there because she says, look, you know, regard me now because there'll, be a come, there'll come a time when it's all too late. She offers her teaching today. If you spurn her advice, you will not be prepared for disaster when it comes. And so here is her warning. She says, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and be sated with their own devices. There's a deep truth here. The disaster that falls on those who live unwisely, is a fruit that grows from the foolishness itself. We might say sin is its own reward. That's the point of verse 31. When you hate knowledge and spurn wisdom, you get what you wished for. And it's not pretty. It's not tasty. It's not beautiful. It's not good. It's not true. And I would have to say that experience verifies this, bears this out, backs lady wisdom up. There's no one, for example, more lonely than the narcissist, than the person who is sick of self-love. You might convince a few people for a while that you're a nice guy, a nice woman, but once they see your selfishness, they'll either use you or walk away. The habitual liar, what happens to them? They live in a world without trust. They don't trust anyone and no one trusts them. The greedy person has their fill of trips to Aspen and enough shoes to last a lifetime, but finds with horror that their life is as empty as those shoes. It has no meaning and no real love. When we lose control of our sexual selves, we destroy ourselves and others. We know this too well. The bitter sentence of that behaviour is written on the pages of our newspapers day by day. Greed, deceit, self love, and sexual immorality. If you pursue them, they'll destroy you. These things are not just bad, they are stupid. I mean, I think that's one of the great insights of, of Lady Wisdom is that sin is not just bad, it's dumb. It's really stupid. It's appealing to follow God, not just because and do what God wants us to do, not just because it's right, but because it works, because it is a beautiful way to be, a beautiful way to live. These things are not just bad and stupid, but they're stupid. And if you choose them, you will condemn yourself. But Auntie Wisdom says... These are symptoms of a deeper disease. They begin with a refusal to listen to her. Look at verse 29 again. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Chokmah is not just preaching any old knowledge here. The dopey behaviour that she condemns is not just garden variety foolishness. It is in particular a refusal to fear the Lord a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about this vital phrase, this important phrase. It's a real standout. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do you remember that? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The book of Proverbs also tells us just much more simply, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. It's the essence of wisdom. And it runs like this catchphrase throughout the book of Proverbs. Auntie Wisdom wants us to listen to her because of whose wisdom she is, and because in listening to her, we give heed to him. In listening to the lady, we learn to fear the Lord, and in fearing him, we know him as the merciful saviour, our maker, judge, and redeemer. When we fear him, we know what reality is like we know the deep truth of the universe we know the deep truth of our own lives just as we spoke in the words of the creed we know a story that is deeply true and extraordinarily lovely when we are attentive to lady wisdom she will reveal god to us that's where auntie wisdom finishes her sermon Like the great preacher that she is, she finishes by calling her hearers into action. In verse 32 and verse 33, this nice little pair of verses. For waywardness, she says, kills the simple and the complacency of fools destroys them. That's just a law of the universe. It's just true. But those, she says, who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. There are, says auntie. Two ways to live. Which one are you going to choose? There's the waywardness and complacency of fools. Now, complacency is interesting. You know, waywardness might be silly, skittish, immature, but complacency is sort of full of itself, isn't it? Complacency belongs to those who are very well educated and successful. They are more likely to be complacent. And yet, says Lady Wisdom, that is foolish. That is the path of destruction and death. And then, on the other hand, there's the path of wisdom. Listen to our auntie and you will be secure and live at peace whatever may come. It sounds like a pretty easy choice, doesn't it? Disaster or protection? But who's listening? If we look around the marketplace, we see that the crowd perhaps has dwindled away. People have turned back to their business or gone off to their shopping or to buy a snack. It's lunchtime after all. Or they're attending to their kids. The last two verses of auntie's speech seem to be addressed to one group that is large and one that is very small. Literally, she says in verse 33, the one who listens to me Perhaps there are very few who do, despite the easy alternative that she's put forward and the obvious logic of it. Why, why is this? I don't have to tell you that human beings are pretty good at being inexplicably stupid. I've told you before about my eye drops. Now, I have a condition called glaucoma. I went to the ophthalmologist, and the ophthalmologist said to me, look, Michael, you've got a choice here. I've got these drops for you to take. They cost maybe 10 bucks a month. Maybe, maybe uh, they last a bit longer than that. And you have to take them every day before bed. They don't hurt. And as a bonus, they make your eyelashes grow quite attractively longer. So uh, you can take these eye drops, and they will protect you from, uh, from glaucoma. Or you don't take the drops, and what will happen to you? You'll go blind, right? So there's a choice for me, and I thought, well, that's a pretty easy choice. Ten bucks, drops, have to remember to do them, longer eyelashes, and keep my sight, Or go blind. And uh, I used to go back to the ophthalmologist and I'd pay him more than 200 bucks every time and he'd say the same thing, take your drops. And after a few times I said to him, why do you keep telling me this? Isn't this easy? And he said to me, our research says that more than 50% of people don't take the drops. 50% of people choose blindness over drops, so that's why Auntie wisdom speaks so plainly to us, because that's what human, we human beings are like. We so easily ignore her teaching. We are so good at doing the inexplicably stupid. As we saw last week, the need to belong, the need for identity, and the desire for power and money and freedom make us prone to choose foolishness. We think that to step away from our dear auntie, when we do that, we will find ourselves. We will find prosperity and significance, that we'll be able to make our own meaning, define ourselves, choose to be who we want to be, and in that we will find the fulfilment and all the desires of our hearts. We will be masters of our fates, captains of our souls. We think we will protect ourselves We think that we will find inner peace. But old auntie Chokmah has something that's so much better than that. It's the wisdom of the gospel of Jesus who once said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you ease, the peace that passes all understanding." You will find security in me. When we listen to wisdom, when we fear the Lord, we learn that our world is not random or empty or meaningless or a blank canvas that we have to impose our wills upon or a place that we have to fill with our own meaning such as we can find. It is given purpose and order by the just and gracious God who made it. It is filled with his character and we find that in his eternal wisdom is a great plan for our salvation. Wisdom's promise that those who listen to her will be secure and live at ease without dread of disaster. I love that. Without dread of disaster is the promise that we find is made good in the death of Jesus for us on the cross who died to pay the price for our sin. And in his defeat of death, rising to new life, that even the personal disaster of our own death is not something we should fear. That's wisdom's promise, auntie's promise, if we follow her call. And her call to us is this. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Desire to know the character of God and then live it out in your life. Be it. His patience, his faithfulness, his joy, his desire to reconcile, his peace and his love. Give up grasping for the things of the world that you cannot grasp in any case. The things that you grasp that turn out to be poisonous. And instead, grasp for the things of God, the one who made the world and gave it its beauty, its order, its harmony. Live your life in obedience to Him. It's wise and it's right, but it's also good for you. Now, Auntie Wisdom's message is not a secret. Her voice is not quiet, she's been shouting it in public for centuries. It's no mistake that we see in this scene from the book of Proverbs a a public scene. She's in the marketplace. She's by the gates of the town. But who is listening? Will you heed her and fear the Lord? Will you choose to fear the Lord or pursue your own folly to its terrible conclusion? Four. Listen to the woman. This is what she says. Waywardness kills the simple, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But those who listen to wisdom, those who listen to old auntie, will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. Amen. Thanks
0: for listening.